Happy, happy Memorial Day weekend. We were going to move this outdoors, but I think you would probably pay less attention out there than you might in here. So thank you for having me back. I was here a couple of months ago, so it's an honor to be here. Has, has anybody in your life ever asked you to do anything that just didn't make any sense? Could have been a parent, could have been a coach, could have been a school teacher. I, I remember back in, in middle school, I, I was a, a, a sprinter, and, and I did the 100 and the 200. And my coach came to me and said, Dave, want to do the 400 and the 800? I'm a sprinter. I, I, I said no. He asked me again. I said no. So he ignored me. So, so the next year, he asked me again. He said, Dave, I think there's, there's something in you that would be good in, the, in, the, in one lap in the 400. I said, nah, that sounds like a lot of work. I like sprinting. That was just 100 yards. Then I was done. He said, no, I think there's something in you. So I was, you know, I was probably eighth or ninth, probably eighth or ninth grade. I said, okay. The 400 turned out to be my best event. I hated it, but it turned out to be my best event. My college coach asked me to stop doing a 400 and, and, and only do the 100. That didn't make any sense either after I practiced and practiced. He said, no, I think you're a lot better at the 100. So I think all of us can think back to times when we've been asked to do things that just didn't seem like a good answer. And now has God ever asked you to do anything? That doesn't seem to make sense. I would say that if, if it makes sense, then it didn't come from God. Because God never asks us to do the easy. God never asks us to do what makes sense. God always asks us to do stuff that's just beyond what makes sense. So this morning, we're going to go back to the Old Testament. We're going we're to look at a, a story where God asked, King, or then he, was, then he was King David, to do something that probably to David's army men didn't make any sense at all. But before we go to that text, we're going to just take a little, we're going to take a little history lesson. We're going to turn to, you can begin to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 17. Back when the, the Hebrew Bible was put together, those two books, Samuel 1 and Samuel 2, they, were, they started as one book. It was our modern translators that actually broke it down into Samuel 1 and Samuel 2. It, this takes place when we, we know, if you know anything about these two books, they're about Samuel, who was a prophet. The people of Israel ha had asked God to have, a, to have a king. God said, no, you don't need any kings. They said, we want a king, though. So God gave them Saul. That's most of the, that's most of the, of the of Samuel, or the first book of Samuel is all about Saul's rise and his demise. The end of, of the first Samuel, there's this, there's this boy named David who, who, who begins to become popular. Samuel 2, or 2 Samuel then, 
is when David becomes king. First of the, or the, the kingdom of, of, remember back then that the Israelites had been broken into two kingdoms, Israel and Judah. They were fighting amongst themselves, sounds like our own families. You're going to go to picnics today, and you're probably going to have somebody say, I want hamburgers, no, I want hot dogs, why did you come, why is she here, why is he here? That They, they were arguing. So there was a, you can put that map up if you will. There were 12, if you, remember, if you know anything about, about Israel, there were 12 tribes of Israel. You don't need to know them all, but there's the 12. We go to the next map. They had an argument. They became two kingdoms. Go to map two, please. You see the upper is Israel and the lower is Judah. David became the king in Samuel, in 2 Samuel in chapter 1 through 4. He became the king of, of, the, uh, of the bottom kingdom, Judah. Where we're going to be today, he became the king of Israel and Judah. So if you go to the third map real quick, here's Israel today. See, it's a little bit bigger. Just keep that map up, if you will. So before I start, let's just ask God to just put power on this word. Father, we come today. Father, we come humbly. We come open. We come asking. We come to hear all you have. So Holy Spirit, just come right now and just put power on my message. Father, open our ears and our hearts and our minds that we can hear all you have. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going we're gonna to see King David have a, have a battle with his nemesis people, who were the, the, the Philistines. Remember back... When David was a small boy, he killed, who did he kill? Goliath, the Philistine. They were a warring, they were, a, they were the nemesis of Israel. They battled, they had some battles, they won, they lost. We go back to, to map number two real quick, please. You see down at the bottom part of this map, down at the bottom you see Philistia. That's where the Philistines were. That was a very powerful part of that, that area. All the water there on the Mediterranean. So they, they held a key piece of territory that the Israelites wanted. But they just couldn't get their hands on it. So today we're going to see a battle between David and the Philistines. And we're going to hear God tell David something that I'm sure David's army men said, you've got to be kidding me. So if you have your Bible open, Let's turn to 2 Samuel, chapter 5, verses 17 to the, end of, to the end of the chapter. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went to search for him. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and, and spread out in the valley of Rephraim. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. 
and, and David came to Baal Perazim, and, and, and David just defeated them there. And he said, Lord, the Lord has broken through my enemies before my life like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of the place will be called Baal Perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. And the Philistines came, came, came up again, and they spread out in the valley of Rephraim. And, and when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Shall I go up? Shall I go up against Philistines? And the Lord said, You shall not go up. Go around to their rear, and 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 come up against them opposite of the balsam tree. And when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then go after them. For the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as, as the Lord had commanded, and he struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. So on that map up there, you'll see Gaza down at the bottom. That's really Geza. That's what was Geza back then. Gaza down in the bottom of the that of well Philistia is where Geber where Geza was and Gaza is up near the top of 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 that province. So David conquered them from top to bottom. But if you but if you followed the story, what did David do the first time? David inquired of the Lord. Boy, I like that word. He inquired. That sounds a lot more personal than he prayed. We inquire when we want to know something. We inquire of a teacher. We Google. That's an inquiry. So he, he inquired of the Lord as if he was saying, God, I want to hear from you. I, I think sometimes we all, I often pray because that's what I'm expected to do. But I don't want to hear from God because I'm kind of nervous about what God might respond, but I want everybody to think that I'm this holier-than-thou person. So I pray. But he inquired of the Lord. And it says what else then? He waited. He waited. I hate to wait. I hate to wait. God, I want the answer, and I want it right this minute. And this is the answer that I want. I don't want to wait. It says he inquired of the Lord and he waited. Now, we don't know whether that was a half an hour or two weeks or 30 seconds, but it doesn't matter. It says he waited. We're called to inquire of God and then to wait on his answer. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Because God's never going to ask me to do something that sounds easy. God asked me in 1995 to get out past my speech impediment and become a pastor. No, 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 no God, that, that, that doesn't make sense. I don't talk like everybody else. I'm not going to stand up there and make a fool of myself. God said, no, Dave. Here I am. So what happened? David inquired of the Lord. David waited. What happened next? He conquered the Philistines because God went before him. David waited until God got in place, until God had all the cards in the right place. And then David went, David and his army, and, they, and anywhere historians think there was probably eight to 10,000 army or uh, 
army men in, 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 in David's army. They conquered the Philistines, who had almost always beaten them. The Philistines were a pain in their... But here we see David inquiring, waiting, and then winning. And what did he say? Who did he give all the credit to? Wow, I am a great warrior, he said. I conquered the Philistines. I'm the man. No, what did he say? He gave God, what? All the credit. Because he knew that it was only because of God's involvement that he won. That they won the battle. And that word Baal, Perizim in Hebrew, Baal, if you know anything about Old Testament, are the are gods of the of the the non-Jews. They're idols. We have Baal today. We have idols today. They were their idols. Perizim in Hebrew means God wins. So God won against the idols. God broke through. God won. David said, it's because of God that I won. Now it gets interesting. Now it gets interesting. So we don't know whether this is that same day or the next week or the next month, but in verse 22 it says, then the Philistines came, 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 came up again and they spread out in the valley of Rephraim. They weren't done. They said, we're going to come at you one more time. So what did David do? David inquired of the Lord. David waited. What did God say? Don't go yet. Go behind them. When you hear wind in the balsam trees, now I'm sure David's army men thought that was a good answer. What? They're going to kill us. Wait till you hear wind in the balsam trees? These guys are giants. These guys are probably 20,000 people. And we're going to just stand there and listen for wind in the balsam. I think of, I think of the, the TV show Family Feud. Steve Harvey asked a question. Give me a, a species of cat. Someone says mountain lion. Someone says tiger. Someone said horse. What happens? What do the teammates do? Good answer. Good answer. Really? Just say, that was a stupid answer. I'm sure David's army men thought, David, that's a stupid answer. We're going to wait until we hear wind in the balsams? Good answer, David. They were, they were very excited that David asked of God because David, if, if there's anything David did, David inquired of the Lord all the time. God called David a man after his own heart, not because David was perfect, but because over and over and over again in the, in the Bible, we see David inquiring of the Lord. David always asked God. Now, David didn't always respond the way God wanted him to. I'm sure God didn't tell David to go down off, off his rooftop and go after Bathsheba. I'm sure David didn't, or God didn't tell David to kill her 
husband to cover up the scandal. There's a lot of stuff that David didn't do that I'm sure, that David did that I'm sure he didn't hear from God, but the, the Bible over and over again says David was a man after God's own heart because David inquired of the Lord. So I'm sure David's men were excited when, when David inquired again for the second time because last time he inquired, they won, and, and they won big. And now they hear this stupid answer. Just wait until you hear the wind whistling through the balsam tree. But, but King David, what did he do? He waited. He said, no, guys, I heard from God. We're going to wait. I can imagine that was a very antsy time. I imagine David's men were probably not just standing around with their hands in their pockets saying, you know, they were probably ready to go. They were probably conniving to see if they could overtake David to go storm the, the troops. But David, you know, said, wait, wait. What does it tell us that happened? When they heard the wind, they attacked, and they won. It didn't make sense. It probably didn't make sense to David either. But he responded. So what does, what does any of this have to do with us? This was, this was probably 900 B.C., so that, three, that was over, over 3,000 years ago. What does this story, what does anything in this Old Testament story have to do with us here today? I think this is a perfect illustration of what God is calling all of us to do in everything we do. Everything, not just in the big stuff, not just when we get cancer, not just when we're trying to find a new job, or not when we have some obstacle that's in our way. But he calls us in everything we do to inquire of him. And remember, inquire sounds like I, I even care about the answer. I Google something, not because I'm just not trying to, just I'm trying to waste time. I Google because I, I want to find the answer. And, and you know, if it's on Google, then it must be right. But he asks us to inquire of him in everything. God, I, I'm getting up today. God, I'm, thank you for, thank you for a, another perfect morning. God, I don't know what you have in store for me today, but I'm just going to inquire of you, and I'm going to go throughout my day, but I'm going to be openly waiting for, 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 for you to, to speak. Some days he speaks. Some days he's quiet, and that's okay. Some days he, he speaks, some days I don't listen. That's not okay. But some days God doesn't speak. And that doesn't mean you're not listening. That just means God's not speaking today. But he, he calls us to inquire of him. And for me, the harder thing is, he calls us then to wait until he says whatever he's called us to do. No, God. 1990, 19, or uh, 2011, God called Robin and I to move to New Bern, North Carolina to plant a church. I was kind of sensing that God was calling me, calling us to do something back in about 19, or about 2002, 2000, 2003. Robin said, I don't sense that. And she's the most godly person I know. She hears from God just quietly in response. And I'm like impetuously, I got to go. And she's saying, I don't really 
I don't really know. I think you might have had some, something bad to eat or something. Just wait. I'm ready to go. I'm packing up. I'm ready to go. And she's saying no. But then we moved in 2011 because she said, I think we're ready. 2018, Easter, Easter weekend, 2018, we had had a hard time with the church. We had moved to North Carolina. We had sold everything here. We had moved down there. Our girls were still up here. They had their, 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 they're now married and have their own lives. 2018, God called us to close this little church. What? What? We moved to North Carolina. We sold everything. We gave up a lot. We moved down here. We struggled tremendously. And you're saying, what? Close the church? Oh, didn't make sense. But God has something, something for us here. And, and he moved us back here in, De- in De- December. God has something better for us. What it is right now, I have no idea. We have no idea. But I'm, I know that because we're waiting, and I'm, I'm not patiently waiting, I'm kind of anxious, but I'm waiting. And I'm sure that God has something bigger for us here. God has all of you. God has something bigger big for each each person here today. Maybe it isn't moved to North Carolina. Maybe it's not planted a church. But God has something for each of you. Are you inquiring? Are you asking, God, what do you have for me? Are you waiting? The hardest, like I said, the hardest thing I think for most of us, especially for me, is, is waiting. When I get a wild hair, I want to go. Thank goodness I have a wife who keeps me in check because I I would be I'd be all over the board doing all kinds of stuff. And but we have to wait on the Lord. And when He tells us to do that thing, it's not a good answer. A good answer. We got to do it because God knows better than us. God knows way better than I know. God doesn't, God's not really concerned about my happiness. Yes, God wants me to, God wants to take care of me. But God isn't concerned about my happiness. God's concerned about my obedience, my allegiance. That's what God's concerned about. And I can tell you that every single time God has asked us to do something for him, it has not been good answer, good answer. It has been, you've got to be kidding me. But I can tell you, every single time that we were obedient, and there were times when we weren't, every time we were, no matter how hard it might have been, it was rewarding. We saw we saw people being healed. We saw people being saved. We saw lives being changed. Our lives were changed. 1998, we moved to Columbus, Ohio. From here, we were we had, we were in Columbus, Ohio. I was in I was in ministry school. My wife was going to Ohio State for her master's degree. We had two girls in 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 elementary school. I I moved there because of it for some employment. Then I got laid off. We have no jobs. We'd been in Columbus, Ohio nine months. 
I'm in ministry school. She's at Ohio State for master's. We got a second grader and a fifth grader. No money. Well, we don't know anybody. I'm, let's go back to Pennsylvania. That's our state place. God said, no, no, just wait. Just wait. To this day, I don't know why he told us to wait, but he said, wait. Then, then, then in 2001, he said, move back to Pennsylvania. 2002, we helped plant a small, a small church where, where, where your pastor was a member at the time, and we kicked him out. But God's plans don't make sense to me ever. It's not about my comfort. It's not about our comfort. It's about inquiring of the Lord. It's about waiting on the Lord. Sometimes that, that response might come in a day. Sometimes it might be a lifetime. But God says, wait. David, he inquired of the Lord, and he waited two times both times one made a little sense to him one made no sense but he waited and he won so that's how this story makes sense to us today because this this is what god is calling each one of us to do to to be a covenant people who are committed who have eternal and unending uh, uh, obedience. And that requires inquiring, waiting, responding. So I ask you today, what is God calling you to do? Are you asking God what he wants you to do? Or are you just hoping that he talks to the person next to you? Are you every morning, every day, getting up and saying, God, I'm yours? That song we sang was what? All I am is yours. That all word is all. Doesn't, doesn't mean mostly. Doesn't mean when it's comfortable. Doesn't mean when I like it. It means all. It means when I don't hear from God. It means when I get diagnosed with with cancer and you don't understand why I'm, God I tithe God I'm the I do everything you ask me to do God I'm one of the best people on the planet I'm not but some people say that God I, I, I've done everything you've asked I've moved to North Carolina I opened a church I, I gave up a lot I, I even did I even, I even did that and this and now I got cancer God I I don't get it. I don't get it. That wasn't a good answer. But God says, I've got you, Dave. I've got you, Robin. I've got you, Josh. I've got you. Just inquire of me and wait. Respond. Just Holy Spirit, we just come this morning asking for ears that hear Minds that process and hearts that respond. Father, we know oftentimes what you call us to do, always what you call us to do, 
doesn't make sense. It's way past our comfort zone. It, it, it might even cause us to stand back and say, good answer, good answer. But when we think, that's a stupid answer. But Father, just help us in these moments to just inquire of you and to wait and to respond as you've asked us to respond. And we put all of our hope and all of our trust in you, Father. So we come this morning asking for courage, asking for open ears, asking for hearts that are pliable, asking for every good gift. Father, we say thank you. Father, we love you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.